Hey, 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 hey. Welcome to the Grind is Ugly podcast. Where I'm your humble host, Kyle Allen, man. And this podcast, excuse me, is brought to you by greatness, transparency, forgiveness. And the title of this podcast is Where is the Crowd? Now, let me be very clear here. Lately, and it's really when I came back from really a family reunion in Indiana, that I started realizing you can't hide who you are, you can't fight who you are, and you are who you are. And no matter how much you run, no matter how much you don't want to attach yourself to people or things, because I know for me, There are times where it's better to say, you know, and I don't really rock with people like that or, uh, you know, th- this place does this. And, and you can just you know how we come up with these excuses of why we don't connect with people. And they're always it's always some excuse because we can find something negative in any person. Like, literally, I don't care who it is. I mean, I know some of y'all, you know, people may not be so spiritual or whatever. I mean, that's whatever. But they found fault in Jesus Christ, man. They, they found fault in Martin Luther King. Well, he was sleeping with other women, but I mean, he, you know, uh, well, let me not get sidetracked. They find you can find fault in anybody in the history of America, in the world, in the universe. There's an alien out there that's getting accused of something that he didn't even do. That's just the nature of the beast. He over there in Mars and someone on Earth accusing him of something. He's like, yo, fam, um, I'm green. Anyway. And I started realizing, because it's so weird what social media has done for everyone. It's like we're in this cocoon and we can never we can never become a butterfly because we're in the cocoon of social media. And I'm not trying to be fake deep. This is how I look at it. Social media, you can see and I'm sure a butterfly can't see himself become one in the cocoon. But like we are all like looking out of our cocoon and we can see love. We can see gratitude. We can see connective uh, connectivity. And yet we can never fully get there because social media allows us to be in our cocoon. Hey, hey, you're my cousin. But hey, I'm going to just like your post. I'm not going to speak to you for years, but I'm going to I'm just going to keep watching everything you do. Oh, hey, auntie. Like, hey, mom, uh, great post. And I'm like, I could just go to your house. Hey, I could just go back to my my hometown every year, every other year. I could just instead of, hey, girl, what's up on Facebook? I could walk up to you and hug you and say, yo, what's up, bro? Do you know how many people I talk to on a regular basis that if I saw in person, I probably would avoid because I don't like talking to people. But it's like Facebook has allowed me to have that excuse. That right there is an excuse. I don't like talking to people. Well, anyone that knows me knows. I mean, I have a podcast. I clearly like talking. But my thing, oh, I don't like people. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be at your job, your church, uh, your house, your <laughs> the park. Everywhere you are, you can be- become completely... What's the word, man? You can become completely distant from everybody 
but at the same time be around everybody. I know there's been times where people say, well, there's no way that man was depressed. He he had everything. Everybody loved him. And we don't understand if everybody loves you, but you have completely disconnected yourself from everybody. You don't see everybody loving you. You see a bunch of people that are annoying you. And you're, you're always we're feeling we're always trying to fill this void. And we don't realize until we stop hating on everybody, I, I'm going to push that into the ground. We are all a bunch of haters. We all are. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and Snapchat. It is a land of haters. Everyone looking at everyone saying what everybody isn't. No, you know, she he really ain't. I'm going to keep saying it. You know, she I mean, she has 3000 followers, but I mean, she bought two of them. Yeah, I know 2,800 of them are real, but, you know, she bought that 200. And so, you know, yeah, she's cool, you know, but uh, I could be better if I just did this. The minute I hear someone say they could do something if they just did, I immediately turn them off. Because the way I look at it, the minute you open your mouth to say what you could do better than someone with or for. And after you say you could do better than them, there's a but attached you're full of crap. You're full of nonsense. And I'm going to talk about a variance of things today. In this beautiful, beautiful California day. Because forgiveness. So. I realized that I was harboring a lot of. I, I like to think of myself as I can let a lot of things go, but. There are a lot of things, primarily when me and my wife got together, when we had our children, there were a lot of things that were said to me that I just have never let go of. And even if they weren't said to me, I know they were said about me. And as much as I am trying to learn to let things go, one thing I'm trying not to do is be fake about it. Half of us say, oh, I'm not even worried about him no more. You know, we really did. No, you're worried about him. I, I, you know, I'm not even, oh, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm over that. No, you're not. You're not over it. And you're never going to be over it until you address the fact that it bothered you. Until you say, you know what? I'm mad about this. And go from there. But I know what has served me no purpose in my life is fake getting over things. Oh, uh, you know, I'm over that. Some of us have exes from 30 years ago that we're not over. Why? Because we never really truly got over it. We just said we were and we just kept moving through life. Oh, I know we were together 13 years, but I'm over it. How are you over that? And of course, for some of you out there that are telling me, well, Kyle, you know, you can't really get over things if, you know, you just have to... Uh, forgive and do some self-care. Hey, listen, listen, listen. The word self-care. <laughs> self-care is not just doing something for yourself. And self-care is not reading a meditation handbook or a prayer handbook, praying for three days and saying, you know what? I now can see that it was me. Like, No, that's not real. And some of you will disagree with that. 
But I don't think it's real. Because we're human beings. The one thing we have, all 7 billion plus of us, have in common is that we're all the same and all so different. And what I mean by that is, you go up and slap any human being unless he's a robot, it's going to hurt him. You talk behind somebody's back, universally, it's going to hurt all of us. There are certain emotions and feelings in humans that we are that make us all connect. And I think what I struggle and where I struggled from and the grind was extremely ugly for me is forgiving those I felt disrespected me and minds. And, and a lot of times, like, for instance, I grew up in the church. And for years, I'm sure every single church member believes that other church people are talking about them. And 99% of the time, that's probably correct. And a lot of times in our churches, in our homes, and in our families, I keep saying they're all connected. A church is a church, a home is a home, a family is a family, but the things are the same. The people are the same. The, the scenarios, so to speak, are the same. What's the difference of getting around in the church gym for a dinner and your whole family getting around in your house? You're going to have some of the same ignorances at both places. At your job, when you guys have staff meetings, I know when we have staff meetings, they can go really left really quick. So oftentimes I hear people say, you know, this, this, this church or my family or this hurt my feelings and everybody's fake there. Or, and I'm coming to tell y'all whether you run to Aruba scan, Izbakistan, Trexion, or Eklikton, you're going to find the same type of things happening everywhere you go. Because that's human beings. Mind you, none of the places I named are real. So if you're Googling them to try to tell me how wrong I am, I already know none of those places are in existence. So my point is, there's been 28 years I've been in the church. I always tell people I was born and then I was thrown on a church pew and I've been a church member for 28 years. <laughs> At some capacity, I've been in a church pew for 28 years of my life. And surprise, I'm 28 years old. And throughout those 28 years, you watch your parents, you watch your uh, family members, you watch your uncles, your aunts. You watch your cousins, you watch your brothers, you watch yourself. And you realize there's a lot of not hurt, but gossip that happens in a church, in a family. And over time, you kind of just go, you know what, that's just part of doing business. And a lot of times we are just so inclined to say that's the cost of doing business. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. And that is true. If I go to McDonald's, I'm probably going to get served a burger. But my point is, that doesn't mean that the cost of doing business doesn't have a real cost. After a while, when you just kind of get a, a numb to, uh, you know how they be talking. Uh, you know, what that's what they do. We think that. Accepting something means that we're not in pain because of it. You may accept the fact that your boyfriend, wife, husband, girlfriend, dog, cat treat you disrespectfully. That's just how he talks to me. That doesn't mean it doesn't hurt you every time he does it 
or she does it, or they do it, or the dog does it. I'm being gender exclusive, uh, inclusive, by the way. I'm not he, she, they, the dog, cat, chicken, duck. I'm making sure everyone feels inclusive on the Grind is Ugly podcast. So my point is we have to connect again. And I'm going to put a button in that. Connect. We have to reconnect. Stop liking my posts. Start texting and calling me. I start calling people again. I'm sure it's annoying. Who wants to hear me at 7 a.m.? But I'm going to call you. And I'm going to text you. Because I'm sick of woulda, coulda, shoulda. And I'm tired of having barriers up when all they're doing is limiting my growth. Take down your barriers of protection and realize there's someone higher protecting all of us. Okay, let me put a button in that. Let's go to Beyonce. She recently dropped a film called Homecoming, where she's documenting her Coachella performance. And as usual, I see, unfortunately, black people saying, why are we so enamored with Beyonce? And, oh my God, she's really not that dope. And, you know, all the good stuff that primarily we're going to say about each other. And you realize Beyonce, you would assume Beyonce and black people would be a pretty smooth fit. But what you end up realizing is there is something, and I know this is controversial, and I don't care. There is something in black people. And of course, we can go back to slavery. Of course, we can go back to the Jim Crow South. Of course, we can go back to redlining. Three-fifths of a man. White, dark skin in the house. The niggers in the... The nigger slaves on this field and the, the, the house niggers in the house. And as much as we want to believe that that does not have an effect today with black people, I believe it does. You see it time and time and time again. If you look up Beyonce's album sales, my majority of her sales are from white people. Tupac used to say his main market were white people. And a lot of times, black people will wonder why we have no representation or why our black artists, black figures, black public don't necessarily <coughs> hold the parade for us. We won't show up to the parade. If I was going to run for politics, so to speak, it would be a beautiful thing if I could say, you know what? I know my people going to support me, period. I know they are. So I'm going to go to all the black neighborhoods. I'm not even I'm barely going to, you know, touch the surface of other neighborhoods. I'm going to my people. I'm a, everything I'm going to do is going to address my people's plight, what my people want. You would think that that would mean an easy victory. But as you can see, it doesn't. Because what would happen is. Whatever I did 10 years ago, my own people would dig it up. Well, you know, he, Kyle said he was a good dude. But in 2005, I mean, um, he just he hit his teacher. And I just think, you know, 
He acts like he's this, but in reality, he's really this. And we just need to really be skeptical. Literally, the white man, though, is, is killing everyone. But, but it's me you need to be skeptical about. And yes, it's a harsh point. But my point is, we are so hard on our own and let a lot of other people and things skate. But when it comes to us, we will hate first, ask questions later. And it's sick to me. I don't care how you feel about Beyonce. But why can't we ever just say, you know what? (laughs) Greatness is greatness. And so my point with Beyonce. I'm watching this performance and I'm watching the 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 majority is not the right word. I'm watching the enormity of this Coachella performance. How you can lock in and perform the way she performed. I, you know, I wasn't alive to see Michael Jackson. But Beyonce, I encourage everyone to watch this homecoming concert. And if you hate her music, if you hate, someone once said that she was singing this, this song once. And I'll never forget someone said, I just don't like her, provo- her bravado. And I remember thinking to myself, we will find anything again. We will literally find anything to hate people. And I want my TGIU listeners to try their best to stop hating on each other and stop hating on ourselves and start instead of looking at someone in a negative way, let's first love and in the back end we can hate. So let's let's show love first. Then if they if they do a little nonsense in the back end, you can go, OK, yeah, I'm not going to rock with her no more. But let's not lead with I'm not rocking with her because let's lead with I'll, I'm going I'm, I'm to go over there because let's jump in. Not jump out first. Okay. And I got to thinking when I'm watching Beyonce. I got to thinking about our churches. And why we have no crowds. And that is why this podcast will be titled, Where's the Crowd? I can hear people tell me now, well, that's Beyonce. That's she's of the world. And that's why she has the reach she has. And I categorically would deny that foolishness and say. When I think of a church. I think of a place when I was growing up, all the kids used to be around each other. We yes, we obviously wanted the Lord and all those good those good things. But it was more of a man. All my friends are going to be at one place. We didn't think about judgment. We thought about playing and playing tag after church or how to dodge our parents who were chasing us to sit down. I know one time I literally used to I used to try to shout out of church. So when they would play that type music, I would try to shout my way out the, the, the front door. And I remember one time I was shouting out the, out the door. I'm shouting. I'm shouting. And my dad, he just <laughs> he was on the pulpit singing. I don't know why he was looking at me, but now that I'm a father, I'm always watching my kids from the pulpit. Always. And and let me side note. Hey, don't touch my kids if you're not going to talk to me first. 
I, I don't know where that became a practice where it's like people will try to love your like, don't kiss my kids. But you see me there and be like, like, like those aren't my children. It's, it's the weirdest thing to me. Like someone will come up to, to, to like where you guys are sitting. And it's not just a church thing. It's just they'll come up and like just immediately hug and kiss on your kids and you like, but won't say anything to you. And it's like, well, if you, it's just a weird thing that I, my people with kids, you know what I'm talking about, where they won't acknowledge that you're there, but like they'll just kiss your kids. And it's like, uh, I don't know if that's what we should be doing. But anyway, let me get back to my point. Churches. And I'm black, so I'm going to speak about black churches. Because the Christian churches are thriving. And a lot of black people will say, I've heard in the black churches, well, the Christian churches are thriving because they don't believe in what we believe in. And they offer peace. I had a lady once tell me in a meeting that I don't want to become one of these churches that serve pizza. Like, you know, to bring people in. Like, oh, we're going to have an event and we're going to have pizza and we're going to do this, right? They didn't want to become one of those churches. And if literally God in the Old Testament, so to speak, and, and apologies for those that don't want to hear this type of talk, by all means, just listen. That's also part of the grind is ugly. Listening to the things that you don't want to listen to. Let's debate. Let's 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 have a good dialogue about this because I'm I want to have a dialogue about this because if I'm going to continue to be a part of the church like so many others are, we have to be honest and really start to dig deep and look into why we're not growing. The message has been the same forever. That Bible has been there forever. Whether everything in it is correct to you or you think some of it is wrong, I'm not debating theology. All I'm saying is the message has been the same. So why is it that our churches are dwindling with young people? Dwindling, dwindling, dwindling. And the churches just keep saying, well, you know, young people out, you know, how, hey, young people, I'm 28. I want y'all to understand everybody is counting you out. They're just, they're counting you out. When you, we are mentioned, it usually comes with something along these lines. We're not committed. Uh, we don't uh, go to Bible class. Um, it's a long, and the, we're not committed, you know, we're, we're inside and we're out of the church or we're living in the world or there's some gossip of something that someone said that stuck to somebody. So now they just keep thinking of you, thinking of you like that. And my point is, if the churches do not shut down, take a look inside the books like any other business. And ask themselves, ask ourselves, what are we doing wrong? Let's not blame anyone. Let's not talk about anyone. Let's first look inside and say, where did we go wrong and fix it? Because I can, I can say with authority, 
Beyonce and this crowd of people that I'm seeing, she's affecting more people in one day than a lot of us in the church are going to affect in a lifetime. Let me say that one more time. Beyonce in this two hour special is going to affect more people in two hours than some of us will in our lifetimes in terms of being in the church. Because let's be very clear. Sometimes the church can become a place of ritual. Not of doing God's work. It's just we come, we have a service and we leave. It can become a ritual. It can become like a sitcom. I've told people sometimes I've been in church so long. Sometimes you can look at the whole thing and it's like a, a sitcom. You know who's going to do what. You know how they're going to do it. You know why they're going to do it. You see them. You see. And unfortunately, you have eyes so you can see these things. You can go to any black church in America. And unfortunately, some of the stereotypes are going to play out. Now, someone's probably asking me, well, Kyle, if you believe all this, why are you still in the church? This is why. Because I do believe in it. I believe in the church to the to the core of my being because it's a place of everything. Love, forgiveness, acceptance, fun, dope people, dope women, dope dudes. It's a place where literally you can go and become somebody. Just no different than the gym. You want to work out every day. You start looking better. You start feeling better. Everyone in the gym is there for a purpose, just like everybody in the church is there for a purpose. That's why I represent the church. That's why I'm the youth leader of my church. Now, is it hard being a youth leader? Yes. Because it's hard to sometimes get the older people to understand. If you want me to bring in young people, they're not going to come wrapped with a bow all the time. They're just not going to. Sometimes you're going to have to love them through some of the things that a lot of times as a youth leader, youth pastor, youth minister, you probably were doing at the same age. And luckily you got brought through that or you changed your ways, things of that nature. But it's, I'm not going to condemn something that I once was a part of because I understand it. I used to be an alcoholic. So someone that has a struggling with drinking, I would be a fool to shun them when I know exactly what they're going through. That to me ain't right. And sometimes we literally will forget who we were. Well, I'm, I'm saved now. I'm in the church now. Yeah, fam. And that's great. I applaud that. But you can never forget who you were. And what God brought you through or brought you out of. In the words of Nipsey Hussle, if you're sharing your successes and not your failures, you're a fool. And I don't believe in that. Every time I tell people I'm an alcoholic, I can see their face. Every time. Because they think I'm playing or I'm joking because they're looking at me like, there's no way. I can't imagine you were doing that. And I want y'all to understand. It's real. These 
battles we fighting out here, it's real. The grind is ugly. And I love TGIU listeners, and I love the message we're sharing. Because the grind is ugly does not just mean, it means everything. The grind is ugly in church, at your job, in life, in marriage. And that word grind and ugly are positives. That's what you want. When you want to be great, like the people that listen to this podcast want to be, you want it out the mud. Because that's what it that's when it means the most to you. So a lot was said in this podcast. This is one of my longer podcasts because it meant a lot to me in a lot of different ways. But if there's anything I, I can get you to to think about is where are our crowds? Where are the crowds for us, for black folk and not just the Beyonce's. And I, you, I respect everything she's doing. But what about we need to start giving that same love to the nurses, the doctors, the teachers, the ministers, the pastors, the, the, the stay at home mom. I've been home all week with my kids. Listen, <laughs> you better treat that stay at home mom and dad right. It ain't no joke. Kids ain't easy, period. I love my babies, though, but they ain't easy. D note is. But the well, no, he he be tripping anyway. So, TGIU listeners, go get a crowd, man. And when you're blessed to have that crowd, do right by that crowd, and grow that crowd to have more crowd. And let's crowd surf, let's crowd fund, because that's what we need to do. We need to get our crowds back. Not just not just Beyonce's crowds, regular folk. We need to start getting our crowd back. Church, let's get our crowds back. TGIU, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please, please, please share it. Share it with your friends, your homies, your enemies, your lovers, your dog. Rate it, please. It means a lot. Five star the podcast. TGIU, TGIU, go out, get whatever is yours. Let's get it.